we have sort of adopted this phrase, expand the hug radius. And that's what we're doing. Everybody across the country who has, you know, jumped on board and who is, is giving their time and, and committing themselves to reaching out to people and, and to try to, to spread kindness. Hi, I'm Jeremy Oreck. You're entering a world gone good. Hi, I'm Scott McKenzie, and you're entering a world gone good. Hi, I'm Cheryl Venable. You're entering a world gone good. Well, hello and welcome. My name's Steve, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for some world gone good. Our world seems a little dark sometimes, doesn't it? Our goal here is to shine the light and spread the good that's happening each and every day by each and everyday people just like you. One way you can help us reach our goal is to help us spread the good. How, you ask? Well, it's pretty easy. Just share, subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform or place you are listening. That's how you do it. And for that, we say thank you. Okay, today we are talking about one of my favorite things. And I think one of your favorite things too. Hit it, Cookie Monster. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. That's right. We're talking the good of making cookies. More importantly, the good of taking a simple idea to the next level and honoring hundreds of people in the process. My guests today are Scott McKenzie, Jeremy Oreck, and Cheryl Venable from Cookies for Caregivers. You may have heard about them, maybe seen them, I guess, on CNN, Rachel Ray, or in this clip from The Today Show. Well, we are back with the friendly cookie competition between two Pennsylvania dads that's become a heartwarming way of saying thanks to healthcare and essential workers. There are people out there every day risking their lives, um, so we can hopefully be safe as well. Well said, Jeremy and Scott. Noteworthy, you were furloughed last April, like so many millions of Americans. And this is what you chose to motivate and do. It's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Thank you both. We appreciate it. And for people watching, if you want to learn more about this incredible group, Cookies for Caregivers, head to today.com. Appreciate your time this morning, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you for having us on. You guys, how do you guys know each other, Scott and Jeremy? Jeremy's wife uh, and I work at the same small college in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm an athletic administrator and have been at that school for about 20 years. And uh, Jeremy's wife, Danny, is the women's basketball coach. And uh, she is actually a graduate. Uh, She was a student athlete uh, at the same college. I met her um, after she graduated and started working on staff. And then when she and Jeremy were married, um, I got a chance to meet Jeremy. So probably 15, 16 years now, Jeremy. Jeremy, do you have any rebuttal to this story? Is this accurate or? Uh, as much as <laughs> I don't. <laughs> nope, that is correct. Um, got to meet Scott, you know, like he said, about 15 years ago. And um, our relationship has grown. And, and uh, we, we have, we have uh, connected in many ways through, through our love for uh, athletics and, and now through our love for cookies, I guess. Which brings us to a, a very interesting situation. You guys are dads. Um, dads are not typically known for being the cooks and the bakers in the family. I'm all for it. I think that's awesome. When did you guys start baking? Was this a separate thing or was this for the organizations that you started, Cookies for Caregivers? When did this love of cookies happen? I've always enjoyed baking. Um, my wife will appreciate hearing me say this. 
Um, she's the cooker of the family. Uh, she does all the cooking, um, unless it's on the grill. I do. I, I am a grill guy, so I, I love to throw some steaks and hamburgers on the grill. But uh, when it comes to being in the kitchen, that's that's Danny's domain. But um, I, I have always enjoyed baking. Uh, my mother was was and still is a a wonderful baker. I baked many times with with my two sons. It's a great activity for them. Um, and to get them involved, and and they love getting their hands dirty and being in the kitchen as well. So that's where my interest with with baking um, has occurred. But Scott sort of has a, a different story with with sort of where this where this all began with cookies for caregivers. Take it away, Scott. Uh, I love eating, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, back early in the pandemic, uh, I was furloughed from my job. So I found myself at home uh, trying to figure out uh, at my ripe old age whether this was time for a pivot or whether I just wait out uh, the furlough and go back to my position at the uh, the college. But uh, sitting around uh, with my wife and trying to figure out what was the right thing to do, um, I, I got hungry. Um, and I told myself uh, I was going to do something each week that I had never done before during the furlough to try to find something good in something bad. So I uh, looked at myself and said, you've never made cookies from scratch, old man. So I grabbed the, uh, the red Betty Crocker cookbook, opened it up to the chocolate chip cookie page, got flour over every dog that I have and all eight square inches of my kitchen, uh, and made my first batch of chocolate chip cookies. Uh, and they weren't half bad. I'll tell you that they weren't half bad. So everybody in my age group, we, when we're proud of something, we got to throw a picture up on Facebook. So I threw a picture up on Facebook of my chocolate chip cookies. Uh, Jeremy happened to be making cookies with his boys that day. Um, and he did what every competitor does, which is say, your cookies look great, but I bet mine are better. Um, and that's kind of where it all began. Um, we challenged each other to a cookie bake-off, and uh, out of that came Cookies for Caregivers. That is so amazing because there's so much truth behind it, and I, I really appreciate you opening up and sharing the truth of your competitive natures <laughs> for good. So wh- when did the Cookies for Caregivers start happening? Uh, well, after that first batch... Um, and Jeremy's challenge and, and my acceptance of that challenge, we kind of agreed that we would each bake four dozen cookies. Um, and I I remember texting him one day and I said, hey, listen, what about if we take them down to the local fire company and have some of our first responders judge which is the better cookie? And then we'll just leave them there for them. And I remember his response was wonderful. And it was, please tell me you're serious. So there was an instant buy-in from my buddy Jeremy about giving cookies to first responders. Great idea. Uh, the problem in living in a small town is that the volunteer fire folks don't come to the fire department and tell there's a fire. And that's <laughs> not the right time to have them judge which cookie is better. <laughs> so we uh, we got together. And, uh, and Jeremy, I'll let you take it from here. Since Scott and I are, are not the uh, most professional bakers... Uh, we also wanted to, to get maybe another individual involved in the, um, in the challenge. So 
I coached high school girls basketball, and I had a wonderful young lady who was a senior, um, Rachel, and she um, she loves to bake. Um, I remember her talking many times last year um, about baking cookies and um, joking with me that I, uh, I kept them late sometimes over the Christmas break for practices, and she had to get to her family uh, to do Christmas cookie baking. So I, I knew that she had that interest. Uh, wonderful young, wonderful young lady. So I, we got her involved, and um, we we got in contact with the borough, um, and we had our our mayor um, open up and and uh, allow us to come down to the borough office, and he judged. He was the judge, and he actually did a, a live Facebook stream. Um, did a remarkable job, almost like a play-by-play analysis, uh, chowed down on each of our cookies. But Rachel cheated. As we tell the story time and time again, she had to pull the old, that's my grandmother's recipe out. Oh, boy. And as soon as, soon as we heard gra- grandmother's recipe, Scott and I looked at each other and just put our he- head down in our hands, and the mayor's... <laughs> Eyes just gl- glowed, and he, it, it was all over. It was all over. Uh, Rachel's grandmother's recipe uh, did us in, so it was a fight for second and third, and and that was okay. That was okay. Rachel deserved that as a senior. Um, but then we we left there, and, and we uh, we left some behind with our 911 dispatchers. Uh, like Scott said, we delivered some to our fire uh, fire company. And then we took some to our local grocery store employees because of everything that they were battling early on in the pandemic. And when we we returned we returned home and we said to each other, you know, we got something here. That was that was fun. Uh, we can do that again. Um, and as Scott always says, you know, we we found a light we fa- we found lightning in a bottle. And um, Scott did something else that he never did before, and he created a Facebook group called it Cookies for Caregivers. I reached out and, and posted something and, and explained to our community what we were going to do. And within a week's time, we probably had 40 to 50 uh, community members who were volunteering to bake. And we've been doing it for, we just finished our 48th, 48th week yes, uh, yeah, yesterday. Incredible. Now, um, Scott, how many people live in your town? Under 10,000 people live in the, uh, the borough of Huntingdon. Uh, probably we're the, we're the county seat. So there's probably under 20,000, 30,000 in the entire county. So it's uh, it, it's small town USA. Yeah, it's like where I grew up. I grew up in Randolph, New Jersey. There's about 10,000 people. So I get that. Now, you decided to conquer the East Coast, and you, you have done so successfully. But at some point, you either um, blackmailed or convinced with cookies Cheryl to open up a West Coast version or was it Cheryl's idea? Cheryl, what happened? I was sitting in my living room watching the Today Show and a a news story popped up where the visuals were basically two guys zooming from their kitchen talking about a challenge where I have a better cookie recipe, but my best friend here says that he can beat me and now we're national uh, heroes. I'm like, was this a joke? <laughs> Pulled my laptop right then and there. Looked you guys up. I work in Los Angeles television marketing. 
a lot of what I do has to do with, you know, how do you sell something to, to someone who has never heard of or seen what you're trying to sell before, but try to convince them that it's what they want. I can pretty much from what I've done in the last 20 years, take pride in understanding and um, identifying sincerity, you know, genuine people from a mile away. And I thought I knew what I was seeing that morning. Pulled it up. I was like, okay, these guys look like they're legit. I think that they look pretty fun. They're doing pretty cool and good, well-intentioned things. Can I be a part of this thing? What are what are they only doing in Pennsylvania? And as I started to dig in through their CNN news stories, you know, obviously other news outlets, I picked them up. T- the Today Show wasn't the first one. Plenty of other people from the from all of America were asking the exact same questions I were, I was asking. And miraculously, no one in Los Angeles uh, had officially formed the Cookies for Caregivers group. So I spent a good half of my day learning like how other people had opened chapters. My journey is, has only just begun, I would say, uh, and no blackmail required. Okay, I got two things out of everything you said. First of all, here's what I got. People on the West Coast are extremely jaded, but people from Pennsylvania are really nice and bake things. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, I had to confirm that. And yeah. you know that. That's true. Yeah. Oh no it's question. One of the, we we have we can we see things with our eyes on social media, but you have I second guess everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and being on Zoom for the last year made me has made it worse. Am I right? It's right. like is the person on the other side of the, of the line the real person I'm talking to, or are they putting on a front just for the phone call that I'm on? It's 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 so tough. The second thing I've gotten out of what you said is that. Scott and Jeremy, you were on the Today Show? Yes. Yes. And then you decided to come on this show? Yes. So let me just explain (laughs) what's happening. (laughs) Your trajectory marketing is going straight in the toilet, basically is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, Steve, they asked how much money they were getting paid to do this, by the way. Okay, we got to go, guys. We got to (laughs) go. Thanks for being on the show. It was great. Nice talking to you. We'll see you later. Jeremy, how many chapters are we looking at here nationwide? I think we are at 101 right now, and I think we have um, 30, 33 states represented, including uh, Canada as well. Hey, Jeremy, Canada's not a state, Jeremy. I know. I know. You're right. It's kind of a state of mind. I think it is. I teach English, Scott. I don't teach social <laughs> studies. So. It's the best American state. It's, yeah, it's, a, very polite, it's a very polite state. Yes, yes. If you fall down, they'll take you right to the hospital for free. (laughs) Scott, what has been the most rewarding thing about doing this? Probably the understanding that sometimes good ideas pan out. There takes a little bit of a leap of faith to try to execute a thought and put it into action. And it's easier not to do that. Um, You risk less by not doing something. In my years in athletics, I used to always say, you do the right thing for no other reason than it's the right thing to do. The underlying need of making sure that folks who are going out there to make sure that our communities run well are recognized for that, uh, that 
there's nothing wrong with that. That, that doesn't, it shouldn't take a pandemic to have that happen. We found something fairly simple. We, we were authentic with our desire to do it. And other people, uh, including Cheryl, um, as, as skeptical as she might have been. And I, I absolutely appreciate her words and, and that skepticism is probably well-earned uh, with the way our world's gone the last decade. People are finding out that it's cool to be kind. Um, and that's that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. And I think also, which um, I think, Jeremy, you can speak to most likely, too, is that, um, you know, when you're raising funds for something and you're doing a fundraiser and you ask people to give you cash, they <laughs> they hesitate. But when you ask them to do something that's already in their house, most people, I mean, like the, 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 whoever um, is selling bananas in the last year has made a bloody fortune because everyone started making banana bread. And I don't even like banana bread. And I started making banana bread. I'm like, what is happening? Why are we all making banana bread? But I think sometimes when you give people everything in place and it's fun, I mean, it's fun to bake. It's fun to make cookies. So Jeremy, I mean, anything you want to add to that? Uh, it's funny you've mentioned about the bana- bananas. I, I, I like to make salsa on the side too. And I know in the early stages of the pandemic, pumpkin puree was like <laughs> the hot commodity as well too. I, 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 I make a pumpkin salsa and I couldn't find pumpkin puree for the longest time. And I think it was just because there again, people wanted to be baking. People wanted to be making things because they couldn't leave and, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're confined to our homes. And that's, that's what's been, you know, the fun part about this. And Scott and I talk about this a lot is baking. Like you said, Steve is, is, is something that is not difficult. And we, we, we like to talk about going back to the old times you know, you don't need to have a cell phone. You don't need to be in front of a piece of technology. Um, we sort of simplify it. We, 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 we're in front of the oven. We're in front of a big, you know, mound of dough and flour. And we're, we're with our families. We're making it a, a fun event. And even if you burn a few cookies or they come out a little flatter than you want, um, it's an enjoyable activity. And like you said, you know, we're not we're not going around asking for money. This is this is something that we have now 200, 200 members in our community who want to bake and they want to bake every week. And and you know, we have people that are baking 8 to 10 dozen cookies by themselves and and they're making 2 3 4 5 dozen more for their own families. You know, it's it's just the right thing to do. It's a it's like Scott has said to me many times when I question him, why? Why this? There's thousands of people doing great things right now across the country to help in this dark times. But Scott Scott said it right. It's 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 the right activity. It's fun. We we all love to eat. We all love to get our hands dirty. And in the end, we're 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 going out and we're 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 packing these cookies up, we're packing these treats up, and um, it's our our small gesture to say thanks and and to show our appreciation for what people are doing. What's a typical week to make this happen? How does it start? How does it happen? And who the hell delivers all these damn cookies? Well, I have the great privilege of doing. Um, the delivery. 
So to uh, to to take on, I think, you know, that responsibility. And really, it is a privilege to have um, that physical contact with a person on the receiving end is, I think, important. And I, you know, I think we are in the early stages of this LA group of making these weekly deliveries. So um, I think if if it's not myself, it's just one other person for now. Um, so for any of you LA listeners who are interested, we have many places lined up where we could happily ha- have you take over delivery responsibility. Um, but I think it's it, it's a it's a privilege to have that interaction, to have an opportunity to not only say thank you in terms of take these amazingly delicious goods that yes my I would love to ingest myself and like literally uh, say goodbye to the world after eating 2 million cookies by myself, but which by the way, Scott and Jeremy, I don't know how you do it, how you can have so many cookies in your house and just like hands off. There is no hands off. Sorry. (laughs) There is no hands off. When you have a when you have 120 dozen a week, there's there's all hands in for sure. No one told me that. <laughs> well, you're young. You're you're a rookie at this. You'll learn. Okay. But Cheryl, people start baking on like usually on what day of the week for you? Um, for us, it's uh, Friday through Sundays, and it's everywhere. It's from where you are all the way down to. Uh, East LA, we have 12 bakers in Hacienda Heights normally. I'm in West LA. We've got Hermosa in Manhattan Beach. Um, so we're, uh, you know, what's LA? Uh, you know, I, I could typically drive on a Sunday 30 miles to grab a bunch of stuff. And and that's, and there's three drivers. Do people schedule and tell you what they're making? Yeah. So thank you, Google Sheets. Um, but we have a, <laughs> you know me, I operationally like to manage and know what, what's happening. Sure. Um, but we just have a sign up sheet and every chapter has their own way of doing things. Um, but we just have people sign up and they tell us what kinds of cookies they're planning on baking, how many. And, uh, and we try to just make it work where each sort of hub has um, one person who picks up and delivers. And then we, you know, package and make it pretty. and. Um, you know, we even go to an extra step where we try to make sure each little baggie has a different assortment of cookies so that not, not one person gets, you know, 12 dozen white chocolate chip cookies. But he would say no to that, right? Now, guys, um, Jeremy, I heard something about planters getting involved somehow. This year being a, a very different year for, for companies across the nation and across the world. A lot of companies were were opting out of of running uh, commercials for the Super Bowl, and they were they were deciding to do something different and to use that money to reach out to different people, different organizations, frontline workers, hospitals, and Planners um, has a campaign called A Nut Above, where they are reaching out to to different people in different organizations, to people who are, are doing good and doing good and not expecting anything in return. And we were we were one of the lucky groups to to be a recipient of a very uh, gracious, you know, gift from planners and they recognized our story and recognized what we are doing and we're we're very humbled. 
we have sort of adopted this phrase, expand the hug radius. And that's what we're doing. We're expanding the hug radius. We're, we're reaching out and we have 100 groups consisting of, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 to 40 to 200 members who are, are reaching their hands and arms and opening up. And, and uh, but yeah, we were, we were very, very honored um, to have planners reach out and to recognize what what uh, what this group and this movement is doing, and we and we very much appreciate their their gesture and their their gift. Scott, where can people find you guys and ladies and bakers, and where how do they sign up and join? The best way probably would be to uh, go to Facebook and uh, search cookies for caregivers. Um, we do have a document on there that is updated regularly with where our different groups are throughout the country. They can just probably post a question on our Facebook page. And I've been very impressed with the folks coast to coast who will, upon seeing those requests, hey, I live in uh, Paducah, Kentucky. Is there any chapters close to me? Before I can answer, usually somebody from, for example, our Louisville, Kentucky group will say, hey, I'm only 15 minutes away. Why don't you come join us? So Facebook right now seems to be driving a lot of the uh, the information that uh, people who are interested in wanting to join uh, can, can seek and receive that information there. So I would suggest they go to Facebook and look up Cookies for Caregivers. We're also on Twitter at uh, Expand the Hug Radius and Instagram at Cookies for Caregivers. So we close these shows by asking you two questions. Don't worry, you know the answers. We're going to start with you, Jeremy, and you two, Cheryl and Scott. You're lucky because you get a second to think about this. Here's question number one, and we'll come to each of you. Jeremy, who inspires you? Um, a lot of people. That is a very tough question. Um, just family in general. Um, I, I have been blessed with wonderful parents. Um, who raised me uh, the right way uh, to try to do the right things? Um, my dad inspires me right now. He's he's got stage four lung cancer um, and is and is a battler. Um, very positive attitude, um, and I I, I I learn an awful lot through what he's he's dealing with right now and how he's dealing with it. And he actually felt inspired by by our group, and he was. My parents were the second chapter to start down in the uh, Palmyra, Hershey, Pennsylvania area, and he felt very inspired by what we're doing, and he sees this as a very uh, therapeutic um, activity to keep his mind off his cancer treatments. And so, I, you know, my wife, my family, my kid, I, just family in general, um, I'm very inspired by, by, by family. Cheryl, who inspires you? Um, no doubt about it. My husband, there's nothing about this last year that would have, um, that, that I would have, uh, not been able to do without him. Um, a hundred percent. My kids got through school. I got through work. Um, and he did all of that plus his own job. So absolutely my own husband, Hunter. Thank you, Hunter. Scott, who inspires you? Oh, certainly my daughters, Kirsten and Shannon, uh, they're grown, they're out of the house and watching them as young adults uh, navigate this world is inspirational. My wife, Renata, who has allowed cookies for caregivers to invade her home (laughs) and her life, 
Um, so my, my, my daughters and my wife uh, inspire me daily. Now, normally the last question is, tell me something good. But because of you three, we're going to change it up. So Scott, the question is to you first, tell me what the best cookie is. Whichever one's in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, what's the best cookie? Well, I can't go with that answer. So I'm going to go with Scott introduced me to spritz cookies and they are, they, uh, I never tried them before and I truly do enjoy a spritz cookie. Cheryl, what's the best cookie? Iced sugar cookies. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're all wrong. The correct answer is my mother's Mondel bread cookies. It is neither Mondel nor bread. It is a chocolate chip cookie that meets like a sandy kind of cookie, you know, like a sandy. And it is, it's crunchy, but chocolatey. You'll have to share some to, to the, uh, the Huntington PA and the, the LA chapter for sure. Okay, we'll, we'll get on that. We will definitely get on that. I won't believe it till I have some. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thank you, Scott, Jeremy, and Cheryl for sharing your good. If you're ready to get your bake on and join them, just look up Cookies for Caregivers on Facebook and see if there's a location near you. And if there's not, why don't you start one? Oh, and let me know if you want my mom's model bread recipe. I'll email it to you as well. Next time on World Gone Good. What's good about a musical? Well, what's good about a musical when you're in one is when there's nothing left to say, you get to sing it. I didn't have any free hands to hold my dress up. All I could think of was, please don't flash the audience. (laughs) I started to think about what do I love and what are the things I'm good at And how do I put those things together? Because I'm in love with musical theater and because I know that I can write, um, it was sort of like, okay, so let's do that. What's not good about bursting into song and dance and being a dame and a wonderful guy or going on tour with Wicked or being Michael Jackson's glove, which is actually an alien? We're going to find out with my guests, Eric B. Anthony, Ava Bergman, Julian Nitzberg, Eddie Shapiro, and Wendy Worthington as we talk everything and anything that is the good of musicals. Best of all, the next episode will be without an intermission. Yes! Until then, be good. <laughs>